Hey guys, welcome to episode 271 of the podcast with my guest, Irene Tu. I am so excited that we got a chance to sit down together during the craziness of Sketchfest uh, so that I could keep the podcast going. And uh, she is definitely uh, a San Francisco Sketchfest staple. I said San Francisco like it was my first time ever saying that word. I think I did okay. I did it, everybody. Uh, Shout out wise, I want to thank Leah and Stephanie uh, for your wonderful emails. I want to thank everybody who's come to the Sketchfest uh, show so far. We had such a great weekend with lots of pals in town, like the Work Juice players and, uh, you know, Spontanea Nation and John Hodgman and just... Uh, a wonderful gang. So I'm um, looking forward to the next couple of weeks. And uh, and if this last weekend is any indication, it's going to be just filled with joy. So hopefully some of you will come out. Um, we uh, we may still have some sponsored hotel room like rates that you could take advantage of. Lyft has been an amazing sponsor for us and is helping us get people around and uh, has tons of discounts for attendees and stuff. So lots of reasons to come. Uh, hope to see some of you. I want to, uh, of course, always thank uh, Christopher Royce, who somehow keeps the JV Club Twitter handle going and is uh, just kind of a great comedy superstar. And um, that's it, guys. I've really and and ummed my way all the way through this introduction. And um, just kidding. Now entering Nerdist.com. this part of you don't even have a microphone picked up yet i'm still going to record it because i need to make sure i've chronicled the fact that you're rolling up your sleeves because it feels very literal it feels like let's roll up our sleeves let's get into this yep and also fairly expert at it but like you're not just pushing them up that was a crisp roll up okay that was actually not that good i'm bad at i'm trying to learn how to roll up my sleeves <laughs> i because okay so i buy men's shirts mm-hmm. now most because they look better except for that the apparently dude's arms are way longer mm. so all the sleeves are always super long yeah. so that's why i have to roll them up so it looks normal i i enjoy men's shirts and i prefer to buy them but i do have a thing where it, i get to like with shirts that are cut skinny style, I get to a certain button and then it won't button over my butt because I have a woman. Oh, butt. sure. Like, the, yeah, that that's why I buy a larger feeling. size. Uh, yeah, it's not yeah. a great feeling. Getting yeah. to the bottom and being like, oh, oh heavens, yeah. <laughs> I have hips. Right. Yeah. Right. The last, the, 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 yeah. The last button. Yeah. That's sucks. tough. Um, Did you. Um, so you're saying more recently you've been buying. Well, OK, so I'm a very much like a rule follower. Generally, I kind of grew up that way. Not like because anyone was like, you have to. Well, I think people did say like, you should fo- <laughs> They're like, like you should follow these rules. And I was like, OK, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so therefore, when the clothes were in the lady section, I was like, I must go to that section to buy clothes. So I just didn't go to the other section because yeah. I thought I wasn't supposed to. Like an alarm would go off in Target. I, yeah, I don't know what would happen. Yeah. I was just like, no, I can't go buy a men's shirt because that's only for the men i get that um but now i've been like oh that's dumb i can just buy whatever 
shirt <laughs> yeah. that I want. No one yeah. cares. I went, I went through my most eclectic uh, clothing phase, which these guys kind of know, but I don't know if I've really gone into this particular portion of it as much uh, when I was in high school was just like, I mean, I was really all over the place in high school with how I dressed. I just wanted to try everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I did settle into like a goth thing for a while, but like, Whoa. but also grunge was also a thing. And my dad had all of these like great um, flannel shirts. He's mm-hmm. a flannel shirt kind of guy. They were like slightly fancier flannel shirts, like maybe like an Eddie Bauer I didn't know that type was like flannel a fancy, shirt. I didn't know there was a fancy flannel, but okay. I mean, I don't want to say they were more expensive, but I feel they were more like my dad was a teacher at that school. Oh, okay. And so they would be like a nice, like a flannel that you like button into your khakis and okay. you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. rather than like more of a lumberjacky kind of sure. a, a flannel. Um, so I got real into borrowing his clothes and he would let me borrow them. So, but I was, but I, I, up to and including, I wanted to be able to wear his pants. Like I just wanted to wear menswear, all menswear. And I could, his pants didn't make any sense on me at all, but I did really, (laughs) I did really push for it. And, and I did wear a lot of his shirts and I'm looking back, I'm like, you know, for a kid that was like smoking clove cigarettes and dropping acid like the fact that i was also <laughs> comfortable wearing a shirt that my dad might be seen in the following week that's awesome i wasn't that bad of a yeah. kid right that's pretty um, cool but yeah i so i was kind of the reverse i was sort of a, like i had like real boy clothes envy from very early on but would then but then you just went through with it yeah. pursue it you're yeah. like i want all of the clothes dad yeah and, and he was okay them. about it yeah wow yeah i yeah because i knew from like when i was little that i liked boys clothes or like pretty much everything that boys did quote unquote like i wanted to do and i think my mom really was trying to just be like you know maybe pink isn't so bad like she painted doesn't love a ruffle yeah exactly and i was like no but then she'd be like this and i'm like well i'm not making money because i'm 10 so whatever you say goes (laughs) i guess it's good that you weren't if you were like and i was making my own living at 10 oh yeah (laughs) it's like well i guess i sort of have to buy whatever clothes that you kind of buy for me with you so you weren't a kid that would throw a tantrum on the floor of a mall because you weren't no but like she still like i i think she let me buy kind of boyish clothes that were in the girls section sporty sporty yes like a you know like a sporty closeted lesbian Uh Uh, (laughs) she was like into that because she was like well she's exercising and those clothes are comfortable you know like that's fine right um but then she did paint my room pink which i was very upset by i was like i want my room to be blue and she was like no that's very bold yeah that i mean that I uh, that's very that's a very she really did not care that I wanted it to be blue that's a lot to that's a lot to handle when your your own room is walls that's what you're surrounded by yeah like when you sleep it wasn't like hot pink (laughs) okay that would be like a light pastel pale Mm -hmm. yeah like pink where it was almost like white but it wasn't white but it was still pinkish yeah Yeah. and I was like I just want it to be navy blue Uh wow that would have been a kind of impressive little cave you would have had probably yeah probably that not probably wasn't a good color like a dark dark blue but yeah still she just was like and then she made me um take uh ballet lessons one time and i really hated that yeah that again sounds like the opposite in every way of what yeah. you would have been into. i was like i don't i want to play basketball and she was like why don't you do this and i was like Ugh. basketball is just like 
ballet, ballet but, but with net nets. Nets and less. You wear the nets on your yeah. skirt. <laughs> Nini. Um, do you have siblings? No, just me. Okay, so do you think that that's? I wonder if that's part of it. Is like you were her, you were her one kid, so she was gonna sort of maybe I, like if you had been like one of four, I wonder if she just would have been like, eh, oh. I'm letting her do whatever. Oh yeah, that probably is true. Yeah, if there was another one, she'd probably be like, okay, I give up. I'll just do it on the other kid. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I'll do it yeah. on the other kid. <laughs> that sounded wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. But like, totally. Like, I'll do my projects. I'll yeah, exactly. My, I'll make my other child my project. It's like this is a half finished project. We'll do. We'll start yeah, a new one. Yeah, exactly. This, we all we've all done that. We've all started something and then wandered away from it. <laughs> Exactly. that would have been you yeah. um and uh, were your parents did your parents stay married or was it you and your mom mostly just um no, they were married up until i was in high school and then they kind of kind of got divorced i don't really know like my dad moved out and then it was just like me and my mom and my grandparents okay so you grew up with your grandparents in the yeah, same house. yeah yeah where where was this um uh suburbs of chicago mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and did your how was that were your grandparents a part of your up growing up for your entire life or did they move in at a certain point so when i was like very young they were living in china and then as i got older they kind of half moved here half the year and then they were half the year in china they were like getting their green card so they had to be here a certain amount of right, time right, and then they right. go back because you know they liked where they had lived their whole life pretty mm-hmm. much and then they come back um so it was like back and forth was but now mo- they're here mostly and that's your mom's parents yeah, yeah. uh that'd be weird if it was your dad's parents and he moved out and they yeah. were still living here i guess <laughs> probably that could would have be amazing. done that math in my head and yeah. not burst out with that question um and was your mom born in china then yeah both my parents were and okay. then they moved here have you been i went um once when i was like two so i definitely don't remember that and then once when i was um i think i was like in seventh grade because mm-hmm. my mom had like a business trip thing she had to be in beijing for the whole summer so I oh wow well, what did she do that she was in beijing i don't know why they made her go to beijing because she had the same job for like 20 30 years but she's like an engineer or something like that yeah. i don't know <laughs> I never it's really like a too creative. I don't really care the details. It. I get yeah. It. yeah, yeah. <laughs> she does stuff with computers uh-huh. and typing, <laughs> typing some nonsensical things into uh-huh. a computer. Um, but I don't know why she had to go to China that year. Uh, but we went for like three months, and she was mostly working, and I was just like in the hotel room playing, learning how to play pool. Uh-huh. I did that for like <laughs> That's when you a month. A pool shark. <laughs> it was too late for you to earn a living at ten. But wait, how old were you? It's seventh grade. So what okay, is that yeah. like? So that was post. 12, that was post 10? your not having a career at 10 yeah exactly yeah like 12 probably 12 yeah probably 12 yeah um did you speak the language at all um yeah i can speak uh it's like kind of like chinglish Mm -hmm. you know where it's like i can say stuff but then occasionally i just throw in an english word when i don't don't know what it is Yeah. yeah nevertheless that's like a really i mean that's sort of a value i mean i don't know what i'm saying it's valuable if you wanted to go be like a diplomat or you know yeah if you were working in computers or so useless for me um to do stand-up <laughs> you take yourself right over to china and just translate word for word, word. your american stand-up set i'm sure it'll go it'll over be so good yeah <laughs> like a lead balloon <laughs> oh man that would be pretty funny actually i mean like in in a horrible way right be entertaining and it's such so bad <laughs> yeah i guess i'm that is a that is a country and i'd i'd certainly am not proud of my own ignorance but there is only a certain amount of information that i feel like i truly have and know and understand about chinese culture and about obviously there isn't just one chinese culture but like sort of what i i don't feel like i have a strong sense 
Uh, you know what? Here's what. I'll tell you this, and maybe you can help me out on uh-huh. this. I'm I'm really getting worried that um that I am totally like a victim of westernized sort of like like the idea that we are still regardless of what the internet provides for us that there is still this sort of like this washing over of like kind of whether or not again whether or not we have other information that there is this sort of still stereotypical view of a lot of places that aren't the united states and aren't necessarily western quote-unquote in the same way uh certainly including you know middle eastern countries or any asian country i feel like because when i think about what people think about like afghanistan or iran or places like that where there's this sense of like oh you know they just beat women to death frequently like every day families are losing their daughters to honor killings like there's just sort of there is this sort of pervasive racism that exists that's a fear thing that's an us versus them thing so i don't want to say just because you know dana gould adopted three chinese daughters i don't want to say like uh, and I know they hate women and yeah. I know they hate girl <laughs> babies and I know, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I, I just was going to say, I don't really know. I don't know if there's a place for a gay female comic in China, but there absolutely may be. Do there, you know what I mean? Uh, there, I feel like it would, if I, if that were hypothetical, I would never do this. If I like were <laughs> to try to pursue that as a thing in this China, this is going to probably, be a reality show that yeah. you are on, <laughs> right? There will probably be like definitely some. There are definitely gay people in China, like uh, like for sure. Yeah. They're just probably, probably as many as one in ten. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, or, or more. Who yeah. knows? Um, so there would definitely be an audience of some sort, and like a lot of expats. I think that mm-hmm. would be fine, but I don't think I would ever be like super famous where everyone in China would be like oh my god right. it's like this comedian that we love I don't think I would ever be embraced like right, that right but I think some people are cool with it but I think maybe as a whole they're still not really cool with gay people yeah. Chinese people are still not that on board with um gayness okay for whichever for whatever reason uh, uh, that's the, I, that would have been my assumption but like yeah. I said I'm so I'm so nervous about like for me, especially, I mean, that's the thing that's kind of the, the one that was mo- the most in my head was just sort of this like, you know, very just this like continuous thing with Islam that is just like it's just con- like people can't let we can't let go of the idea that everyone who in any way participates in that religion outside of the United States is somehow misogynist or somehow you know, and right. I just don't, I don't feel comfortable feeling that way. Yeah. I don't feel, I don't feel like I know. And when I listen to someone like Rabia Chowdhury, who is, you know, she was uh, the person who brought the case of Adnan Syed to Sarah Koenig, which created the whole serial phenomenon of that podcast. And then she went on to start her own. And a lot of work she does is to help kind of eliminate those stereotypes and, and create new positive ideas that people in America have about Islam. But, um, but it made me really paranoid. I was like, oh, God, this really is something that is just still out there big time in this country. Yeah. Is this idea of like, I know that there are extremists, but aren't they all kind of yeah, extreme? Yeah. Like there's a sort of, you know, totally. there's a lot of like a, but let's talk behind closed doors about what we really think. Do you right. know what I mean? So I don't know. So I'm going to start my stand up career in China tomorrow. This is going to be, <laughs> gonna be no, it'd be so bad. Great. No, but my mom actually on a slightly tan, slight tangent, she was like, you know, they stand up comedy is kind of blowing up in China, but it's like different. Apparently, it's two people doing stand up. Oh, really? Like almost like a vaudeville, like a yeah, like, like a 
I don't like I a Nichols and May, George. Yeah, I didn't Burns really watch it, so I'm not exactly sure what they're doing. But it's definitely like a two people doing stand up thing. She's like, no, you can't do it by yourself. You have to do it with another Isn't person. That interesting. I'm yeah. real curious about that. Yeah, that sounds like it could be right up my alley because I cannot imagine doing what you do. But if someone else were with me, hey, that go, would go to China. It. They're apparently they're into it. I don't know what exactly they talk about though. But I gotta, it's I gotta find out. I gotta find out what it's all about because it could, if it is, might really might just be like let's have a funny conversation where we observe things about other things. As it might be two that. people and yeah. everyone else gets to kind of watch it and enjoy it and laugh. Yeah, but apparently there's like people that are like famous now just from doing that, like very this famous. Is so interesting. Yeah, it really is. Look at us. Look at us. Were you? Was your neighborhood in Chicago? Was there? Was there a certain cultural? sort of was it was it very Stevens white or? it was very white yeah if that's what you mean yeah you know yeah. you never know yeah. sometimes it's like yeah yeah you know a lot of my parent you know my my parents friends like when people immigrated or whatever then there is this sort of collection of of people who you know like lots of like laotians end up in one oh, yeah. area of you know no it was pretty white but there were like other people mostly chinese like some other asian people that we knew but it was like pretty white for the most part was it up was it like upper class middle class lower class very middle class i would say yeah yeah very like picket fence two and a half kids and a dog <laughs> i was trying to think almost of like you were gonna go and the point five is half a half of one dog oh yeah <laughs> um what uh where on is it on the north south is it did you say that maybe i missed it's west okay um my dad is from uh like evanston which i know is another north. really white yeah yeah no white area west okay yeah. near hinsdale but not hinsdale okay. i say that because hinsdale's very bougie it is yeah yeah i don't know i guess i i think every every nice sounding or or spoken about suburb of chicago that um i ever hear about because i haven't spent that much time there i just imagine like a john hughes movie oh yeah, yeah. there's every every single john hughes movie is like these big like six six bedroom houses with like you know either it's it, whether it's home alone or like 16 candles there's yeah like i knew people affluent. that lived in those houses but yeah. that was not me so i liked i like to preface that i was like i went to the high school that was a very good public high school and it was kind of bougie but i did not live in that exact neighborhood again a little bit like a john hughes movie yeah <laughs> we're talking some serious pretty and pink here except not pretty and pink didn't want pink right so the opposite yeah <laughs> pretty and blue oh pretty blue handsome sad, and blue. sad blue fine 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 and blue yeah <laughs> weird <laughs> okay with blue uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, people always thought that uh, mean girls was based off of our high school oh really but oh, it was okay, not yeah. it was yeah. based off of i think new Trier, that other high that school. is where yeah. my dad went to high school oh that's fine. before yes. he moved to uh arizona and also before he knew tina fey before he knew <laughs> tina fey yeah i was gonna say also like my dad is not the same generation as tina fey so he yeah, was yeah. like a male cheerleader at new Trier and, oh. in, in in college there were there were different times um, we had one male cheerleader when I was in yeah. High not school. to say that that wasn't okay, but it sounds like it. Like my I, it, the new trier of my dad's high school. I mean, of his generation, really does sound like it was like a Beach Boys song. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? It just doesn't sound like. I don't know. I don't know that. I, I I don't. I'm sure there were plenty of mean people and there were bullies. I've seen Back to the Future, so I know the 50s has bullies. But yeah. um, you know, I don't know if it was like it's a, that that particular tone is is seem feels so specific to a certain era too sure. somehow which i'm sure is totally false it's probably like run through the ages but do you feel like you w- could you relate to mean girls when you saw it though nevertheless 
Um, I mean, doesn't everyone relate to the main character in Mean Girls? Yeah. I also felt like it was just so extreme. But I don't, maybe that was just me. Like, maybe every other girl went through that thing where it was like that. It just feel, it felt a little ridiculous yeah. to me. But I was also like, maybe this is happening to other people that I don't know. Yeah. I had um, never heard of a burn book, certainly. Yeah. But I also I, didn't go to a school where so there was mean. like, there weren't, I don't, there was not, I didn't go to a school where I, there was like, this is the group of popular people. I don't feel that that, I certainly they were like, these are popular cheerleaders. Yeah. But also these are popular, these people, and these are popular, these people. Yeah. I would agree with that. But I also feel like there was definitely a group of people who were like, these are the most popular people. Right. But they all were nice too. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. I, how did you present yourself to the world when you were in high school oh gosh i well so i didn't know i was gay really until like halfway through high school so the first two years i was just kind of like i'm gonna be the smartest person in school and like play on the basketball team and like be cool and whatever and then i kind of had like a meltdown when i like was like oh i'm gay um and then i couldn't come out or like i felt like i couldn't come out and then i i had always prided myself being like the smartest person and then i like wasn't the smartest person anymore because we had ranked gpa so then i um went down and i was like oh my god what am i gonna do so then i ended up um doing comedy <laughs> like if I can't be all these good things, things. I guess I'll, I guess I'll do, do comedy. comedy. What is that? What does comedy in high school look like? Were you? Do you mean you were? Doing oh, that's not like cool at all. <laughs> no, nobody really did comedy. Um, so I just did, I took classes at Second City and I kind of just did it on the side, and I went to school and I didn't play ball. Yeah, and I just was like trying to figure it out. Did you feel that feeling that a lot of people have when they walk away from the school that they have to go to? Um, not to say that you left it, but like when you walk away from that school session and like on a Saturday you're at Second City, did you feel like, oh, these are my people or these are, you know? I did feel more comfortable every time I was like hanging out with comedians or like, well, I guess we weren't comedians because we we're all taking classes right. for the first time. But like people that were, were interested in comedy. Is there, do they offer a, a kind of a stand up thing or are you just speaking of like principally improv? So, well, the very first class I took was a stand up class when I was, I think, 16 at the Second City. Yeah. Um, taught by this guy and then it was like me and two other people it was a very small like teen stand-up class and then we just learned how to write jokes and then like what's that did, like did I, that's the thing that a lot of people a lot of stand-ups who don't who can't who can't imagine how to be taught taking a class ideas of stand-up. i don't honestly really remember what we even learned or what the lessons were but i think it was mostly like here's the setup and punchline and he gave us like prompts or like kind of writing exercises i think is mostly cool. what a class is yeah and then you practice them on your classmates okay <laughs> okay well and it was only three yeah. of us plus him it was very yeah. it was too small it was <laughs> kind of weird yeah that's like the ideal non-ideal situation of like just just me and two other people just, just laughing it up yeah trying just, out our material just do an open mic but it's actually people. a class yeah um, and nobody <laughs> really knows what stand-up is yet and just do and that it's a class with bright lights where uh -huh. you're not able to in any way be guarded from the people's judging faces yeah and so. we're all 16 so we all have to 
just be like sure this is funny we don't know anything yeah yeah do you, what were your jokes what were your first jokes like were you interested I, in writing about yourself were you interested in like did you ever notice how like that kind of stuff i i cannot remember any of the jokes i wrote specifically especially during that class but i do remember so i was like i'm not gonna talk about myself at all so mm-hmm, i didn't mm-hmm. really do any personal material and by that time you knew you were gay yes but yeah. i was like closeted so i was like right. i'm never gonna talk about it i'm gonna be like because ellen was still my favorite comedian at the time so um i was very inspired by her so i was like i'm gonna do what ellen did which was be really famous and then come out of the closet (laughs) i get it yeah when i was like yeah it worked for her i'll totally just do that sure Um, i don't know if that you know is necessary Uh (laughs) i was like that seems actually kind of hard so i just i guess i tried to do very observational comedy yeah um but i don't really remember any of the jokes i'm sure they weren't funny at all listen you never know you could be trotting that out tomorrow maybe i should just Just change my whole stand-up right now just like look back or even if you can't remember maybe just try to write jokes as if you were still that person oh yeah and see what that would look like Uh, see that's something that's very insecure yeah Yeah. well well, yeah that was the other question i was going to ask is if you don't mind sharing what your kind of what the meltdown was in terms of like did you feel that it hit you all at once in a way that you were sort of you know over, just totally overwhelmed by or like if you don't mind sharing what your what your experience was um in discovering that about yourself yeah so i think it was not like all at once where i was like oh my god this is horrible it was kind of slowly over time but in a specific like in a year i kind of felt like that year was like a bad year um and it was like okay so i didn't know i was gay until um the summer that i took this um I thought I was going to be a scientist, you know, before I did comedy. Um, so what kind of science did you want to do? Um, like biology. That was probably my best subject in school at the time. So I took this um, like summer camp class at uh, the University of Chicago and I met this girl there and she told me I was funny. And like, I really liked her. And then she told me I was funny. I was like, oh, and then I think I realized I was gay right when she told me I was funny, <laughs> which is also why I started doing comedy. It was kind of just a lot. That's beautiful. Happened. I know. Right. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, I'm just doing comedy. <laughs> Life is very strange. But it was like that happened. And like right before that, I was I had a best friend, quote unquote. But like we were basically girlfriends because yeah. like we had sex. Uh, <laughs> and she, her parents were like priests so or like her dad was a priest i don't really i'm not religious i don't know exactly i was about to be super impressive they were both priests but yeah i I think her dad was i don't know i'm not very religious and i would just be like sure that's your thing and i'm gonna do my um agnostic thing over here yeah (laughs) um so they were not cool with it because they figured it out oh they did figure it out do you and your did your parents have any sense of it oh yeah i mean everyone figured it out okay we kind of all just didn't really talk about it right it'll it'll end uh and then it did end when i was like oh i think we should stop doing this because i like that other girl and then i we just kind of stopped talking okay so but that was (laughs) but but you're saying that that so that whole thing yeah. was kind of the meltdown where I was like, gotcha. oh, I don't want to do this thing with my best friend, quote unquote, because I'm realizing that we are not really best friends. We're like kind of dating. Yeah. And also now I know I'm gay. And also I like this other girl who told me I was funny. And now I am like having a 
crisis where I'm like, oh, maybe I should just do comedy and like school is like not that important and I don't know what I'm doing with my life. So yeah. it was like all of that at the yeah. same time. Yeah. That's hard too to realize. I mean, I feel like really, I mean, this is no secret to anybody who's ever heard me talk ever about high school years, but th- there's just like relationships with peers to me were so many of them could be so complicated anyway and certainly friendships between girls were yeah potentially very complicated I, I always felt like they many of them were for me from a very young age yeah um just hard like hard and confusing and i was i you know it would be like i would say or do something wrong and i didn't know what it was and then i would be getting like an icy silent treatment like i just felt like i'm not good at this i remember feeling most of my younger life like i'm not good at friendships with girls and i don't know why yeah um and but but particularly by you know the idea of like high school and i had sort of had a similar situation to what you had um but mine was even like mine mine had the added benefit of like like we were basically in love with each other but like and we were very different looking but we felt so like mind melded that we kind of felt like the same person but then there was like a weird competition to that and then there was a weird like outside kind of hetero like listen he could date you or he could date me we're basically the same there was like a weird identity crisis yeah yeah. Yeah. so the whole thing was just fraught and it was so hard when that relationship ended because it felt like I was losing my best friend and also kind of this person that I had been in love with and so it was just like very uncomfortable and painful even though I think maybe I was the one who probably did sort of walk away first um it was just like I just remember having like a really sick feeling in my stomach a lot while I was kind of trying to move past that yeah well that makes you sound like a good person because I (laughs) because I left that kind of very bad I I we were best friends quote unquote and then I just did a 180 where I would just stop talking to her yeah because my I think I'm trying to get better at like communicating or talking to people because my coping method or when I like don't want to talk to a person anymore I just don't right because I'm like I don't have time for this and then I just was like bye and I think she was very confused and in hindsight I probably could have just been like we should just not right do this anymore but at the time I was like I can't bye and I just was like goodbye i totally get that yeah. i don't so. know that i was any better at anything i i remember i she wrote me a a very uh, a letter in which she was like Mad? i feel like essentially she i feel like now that i'm thinking about it in her letter she essentially accused me of doing the exact thing oh, really? she <laughs> said you did so maybe i didn't handle maybe i was like i handle this great yeah. like, you're like totally oh no wrong. i was really good about it and she was like no you weren't yeah i think she would if she ever i always worry too like because we're kind of in touch um but I always like I think to myself God I hope she's not listening to this podcast because she probably just rolls her eyes every time her name you know her name or the idea she's probably not listening to it unless she's talking I doubt she I I don't think she wants to because I think she is like oh if this is a podcast where Janet ever talks about her teenage years like I'm uncomfortable with that yeah. yeah Um, but what, what, what I'm, I'm again, like you just let me know if I'm prying too much, but how does a French, like, did the friendship always have an element of kind of sexuality or physicality to it? Or no. did it just sort of evolve in this way that you didn't talk about that just kind of happened? Yeah. So we were, we were just friends and we had like, you know, other friends in our friend group. And then somehow over time it just became like more physical and then sexual and then like emotional. Um, and then we never talked like we never said that we were 
girlfriends or dating or gay or anything yeah, like yeah. it just happened yeah. and then her parents would be like you you know like the, the, no you guys aren't gay or whatever like, they kind of said stuff and we're like oh, we're not gay or I, you know it was very <laughs> weird but we clearly were like doing stuff and i don't know i don't think she's gay necessarily like she might be you know on the on the kinsey scale she's not straight but um like we just never talked about it. I think we were just confused. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever try to date boys? Uh, no, not yeah. actively. I mean, like my friends, like, you know, when you go through people, everyone's like, Oh, like what boy do you like? I would like pick people. <laughs> like I remember specifically. <laughs> like you, like you have to pick a trapper keeper cause you're yeah, in yeah. school. So like, I got to like, pick one of them. I guess. Yeah. yeah. No, my friend asked me one time, she's like, who do you like? And I just like picked this one boy in my class cause he was nice and he had red hair. Uh-huh. And I was like, this kid and everyone's like okay yeah and then the, once they're satisfied you have a name they just like move on to the next thing i that was like sense. okay i don't have That's to talk a good about way this to anymore stay undercover absolutely that was in fourth grade though. that was like when i didn't even know sex was really a thing at all yeah we're just like what boy do you like i was like i don't even know what that means right 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 fair like, enough what are you talking about fair enough but would you have and would you have crushes on like as a as as a person watching like tv and film would you find yourself sort of having that like you know about anybody um i didn't watch a lot of movies or tv growing up but i always really oh that's right because you were smart so you probably were actually like studying well yeah and also mostly if i did watch tv which i like kind of started doing in third grade um i watched cartoons so and that's not really sexual yeah i think yeah (laughs) you know (laughs) i was like i'm I'm sure plenty of uh fan fiction writers would disagree with you yeah Well, for me, I did not want to have sex with the cartoon thing. Um, (laughs) I don't know. Just, uh, but I was always more drawn to the female characters. So I thought that they were always cooler and um, just more interesting and better people. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like all the stereotypes, the guys are dumb, like in movies and Mm -hmm. Television and even cartoons, so I just always like the ladies better. Uh, and then, and then I, I, but I really do like um, Emma Watson, who plays Hermione on um, in, oh, Harry, yeah, in Harry sure. Potter. Yeah, she's yeah. my like, she's celebrity crush. She's a doll. And not surprisingly, you picked a character who's like super smart in school. Like, yes, very much like a wanting to be the best. Yeah, exactly. You know, totally. That's that's what is most attractive to me. It's like someone who's like very smart and it's like outspoken. It's like this is what's right and this is what's wrong. Yeah, and is like better than the other two characters. Yeah, yeah. Did you have a sense now? This that this flashed into my head because you were talking about cartoons. that I was uh, riding my bike and this is a very pleasant city to ride in and it's also very enjoyable because it is very physically challenging but I hills, yeah. wrote yeah so but so I rode to Fort Point because um, I do also have a fascination with watching the people surfing there because I just keep waiting for a great white shark to attack someone <laughs> and or them to like split their head open so on morbid. all those rocks it's very dangerous what they're doing uh, that's what I think and I saw like a dad with his kid and I was like I gotta get over this because clearly it's not as bad as I think but it yeah. is not for for as much as I enjoy certain athletic pursuits, that is not a thing I look at and think, I'm sure I could get used to that. That is a thing where I'm like, God, that is so many things going on that tap, like press a lot of fear buttons for me. <laughs> um, 
but there was there was a group of furries in really beautiful like very nice well-made plush furry costumes doing some sort of like a video or photo shoot with someone who was taking pictures of them so they were sort of posing in fun ways in front of the Golden Gate Bridge like holding hands in a circle and sort of dancing around in a circle with that background with like the spray it was a very foggy day the spray coming up and it did make me sort of think about like at what point we in our lives become aware of all of the different ways in which someone can explore their sexuality and whether or not that was that there was a sense of those alternate universes so to speak when you were growing up did you have an awareness of those or was that like you moved to san francisco and you were like oh hang on there's a whole world out there of people who you know and because also the internet did not play a role at all in me as a teenager whereas you're much younger than me so yeah um well, I guess with the furry thing, I guess that is like a car- live action cartoon. Just, so. just, they, they, I just oh, drew the yeah. connection. Yeah, I think yeah. because I've also had that in my mind so for the I'm last wrong. few days anyway, because yeah. it was very memorable. <laughs> yeah, so right. anything that is going to trigger that, you know, if I saw a cereal box, I'm sure I would be like, oh, the furries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's so <funny. laughs> Um Oh, yeah. So I didn't think about it like that. I was like, okay, so I'm wrong. But like for me personally, I never really went through a very like sexual phase in my life. Like still not. I'm not like a person that is like needs to have sex with people all the time Mm -hmm. and so when i was kind of going through high school like i had the thing with that one person that was my best friend Mm -hmm. but after that it wasn't like i had another person like i've only had sex with a handful of people because it's usually only people that i actually want to talk to or have a connection with because otherwise i'm like i just don't care i would rather watch tv understood (laughs) understood there's nothing wrong with that yeah yeah so i never really you know like the whole porn on the internet or whatever's on the internet i kind of didn't explore it Mm -hmm. and and just be out of like i that wasn't something that i was curious about fair enough even though there's so much information people are always like oh my god look at all this and i'm like i just don't yeah care yeah i'd rather just scroll through facebook to see who's doing better than me uh-huh. in life <laughs> <laughs> like that's my version it's just oh, like oh what, how are people's careers doing oh no but not even in a like a jealous kind of right. way just in like oh that's kind of awesome that yeah. people are doing all these things yeah while absolutely. i'm sitting in my apartment uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's hard for me not to think that you're taking it, you're being hard on yourself with the way you put it that way. But I mean, I it is like right. me being hard on myself, like, oh, because I always like want to be like the best at whatever I'm trying to do. But it's not like, oh, my God, I wish that person didn't have that thing so I could have the thing. Comes right. I'm like, there's like a million things that we could all for do. Sure. For sure. But I'm also like, oh, maybe I should work harder. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, that's cool. Well, that's good. I mean, yeah. it's good to have that. I I think everyone agrees that it's good, that, that the right amount of that kind of like, well, wait a minute, maybe I should should do that you know or like yeah. to get that motivation that there is something we're social animals so it's not not every single ambition has to be generated from within it can also be a yeah. reaction I'm, to oh yeah and i'm very competitive you, you so know? i kind of like need a little bit of that to be yeah. like oh yeah i should do stuff yeah again are you competitive in just in like uh, like social game playing like if you went over to a friend's house to play board games oh yeah i want to yeah. win <laughs> yeah because i used to play basketball like and i'd play one-on-one with like the neighborhood kids and stuff and i was like i always want to win yeah that's just i think that's where it comes from it's just like oh there's a winner and there's a loser Uh and i don't want to be the loser (laughs) fair enough again hard to argue with i mean i guess there might be someone who's like i guess i want to be the loser but if you're putting yourself in the position where you're trying to do something well the chances are you're not that excited about not being at least a contender yeah 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 um, what brought you to San Francisco? Um, well, I uh, 
I went to school at Northwestern for two years, and then I transferred to Berkeley. So okay. I've been living here ever since. And were you by that time? Were you still studying science, or were you? Um, so when I went to college, I was like, I'm going to be an environmental science major. And then that was depressing um, because I'm like, mm, we're all doomed. So Ugh, then I switched yeah. to the 180 of that, which was econ for like a semester. And then I was like, oh, I'm bad at this. Like I did not understand economics very well. So then I, I think I took a class when I was a f- in freshman, when I was a freshman, that was like a gender studies class that I liked. So then I was like, oh, maybe I'll be a gender studies major yeah. or an Asian American studies major because i also took another class um and i was kind of waffling between those two and then when i transferred here all the gender studies classes were kind of not interesting to me and i already had a lot of credits as an asian american studies minor there so i was like i'll just finish this major but i kind of didn't really care by the end of senior i was Uh like i just need the paper now (laughs) i understand that i was like i just want to do comedy i don't care anymore yeah Yeah. i understand that very well yeah i i took such a long time just to go because i would be working full-time and going to state part-time and so some semesters it would just be two classes you know on tuesdays and thursdays or whatever and um, the older I got as a student, the more I was like, well, I don't understand. Why can't I just take, I understand that this doesn't fulfill any credit that I quote unquote need, but shouldn't it, if I'm interested in it, yeah. like, shouldn't that be enough? That was the other Shouldn't it be issue. enough? Yeah. Since I transferred to, they had like a lot of requirements I had to fulfill of classes where I do, did not care. I was like, I do not want to take these three classes with all freshmen. It's like 200. I'm like, this is not interesting. To me. Like I want to take classes that I want to take and then just give me the paper. Right. Like, I don't need to take this random class. Yeah. So, whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, did you like Berkeley? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was... I like the city of Berkeley, and I like a lot of people that I met at Berkeley, but the school is so large, and the classes are so huge, and they really have kind of have like a budget issue, and the bathrooms on campus are disgusting. Oh, boy. Um, so th- there were a lot of things that I didn't like about it, but I do like a lot of people that I met, so it's not like I really regret going there, right. but it wasn't like my ideal college experience. Yeah. Plus, it's weird being a freshman. I mean, like being a transfer student, because it feels like you're a freshman, and then yeah. you're, you're a senior. Yeah. You're literally a freshman, and then you're a senior, and then you're like, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I felt that a little bit at state, but that's such a commuter school too that it sort of feels oh, like sure. people yeah. are constantly sort of dropping in at whatever age. Yeah. So I think it was more. It, it was it, the construct of it lent itself more to okay. Well, I was you know was a junior, then I moved here, then I you know lived here for a year, then I started taking classes, and then I like seven years later. Was then like, you're like okay, look no, at the time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I really wanted to go to Stanford um, mm. and they rejected me twice. So I think I was also a little bit bitter about that. Oh, Stanford. Um, yeah. Why did they reject you? I mean, I guess you don't know. Because, well, while I was going through What if this, they were like, you're not funny enough? Okay. Wait, what? No, I wish it was, I, I wish it was my, that. Yeah. Oh my God. That would be better than you're not smart enough. Um, no, I think my grades weren't or like my whatever when I was applying in high school wasn't good enough because I was like still doing well. But while I was going through this um, meltdown, a lot of my grades kind of went mm-hmm. understandable yeah and then i was like i i mean i can get into schools it's just not the ones that i had wanted to right get well, into. northwestern and, and berkeley are nothing to sneeze at yeah for sure. but i was like i when i was a kid i was like i'm gonna go to harvard and then i didn't like harvard when i visited but i was like i really liked stanford so i was like oh i that's what i'm gonna do. yeah and then i didn't 
go. Did so. you have to, were, was the expectation when you started getting interested in schools like that, that you would have to be a part of a bunch of clubs on campus and stuff in high school to well, yeah, that was check the all thing. those boxes? Yeah, that was the other thing I think that was really hard because I was like, I really want to go to like, you know, an elite private school that, you, you know, is very hard to get into. So then you have to do or everyone tells you you have to do all these things to get in. So I was doing all the things while also not really knowing who I was and like trying to figure that out. So I kind of did a lot of things that I didn't really care about doing, which mm-hmm. I think was an issue. Like what? Um, um, I'm gonna throw out some things that I remember as being a thing. Chess club. No, I, I, was, I was like, <laughs> no, it was a scholastic bowl. Okay. Like, yeah. you know, like trivia, Um, which I was like, I had fun when I was doing it in middle school, but I wasn't amazing at it. So I was like, I do. And then I was, it was in science Olympiad, which was like the science club thing. So it was like all these things where I'm like, oh, I should do this, whatever. And it was fun. Like the, when I was a freshman, but then over time I'm like, oh, I don't really actually love doing this. And I didn't play basketball, which is what I really loved when I was a kid. And I was like, oh, I should have just not done all the things and then just tried to play ball for fun for as long as I could because I wasn't good enough to play maybe varsity, but I could, probably could have played like two years. Yeah. And then just done some other things that I liked. And then it all would have been fine. Right. But instead, I was like stressed out. I was like, oh, I have to go do all of these things so I can get into schools that I didn't even end up getting into. Yeah. So it was like all dumb. It was all dumb. It's hard. It's a really hard age to. I'm, I'm just blown away by people who have that the specific ambitions and specific passions at that age because I just didn't I just didn't have I mean I felt like I was I mean I I guess I was semi-competitive I I, I just didn't know I, I just you know I like the I wanted to go these guys know I, I just wanted to be in the Pacific Northwest I didn't know what school I didn't yeah, care yeah. I didn't really care what kind of theater department they had like the assumption was maybe I was going to be a theater major but it was sort of like all I cared about was getting out of the desert and like getting someplace where there were a lot of pine trees and, and fog that was really became my ended up here, number one goal kind of well yeah I went to school in Arizona for a couple of years and yeah then I and by then I had been bitten by the San Francisco bugs so hard that I was like I don't care I don't care I just want to be here I just yeah, choose yeah. the city everything else will have to fall in line with me living in san francisco that's my number one priority yeah um and a lot of stuff did sort of like fall by the wayside because this you know was a huge change to make and especially to feel sort of like well i don't really have a plan for what my life is going to look like here other than that i just want to be here yeah so but that's kind of nice i kind of wish that i had followed more of like oh these are things that i just like doing or want to do Instead of being like, oh, well, I was kind of like, oh, these are the rules of getting into college. And I was like, you know, I'm like a rule follower. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll do all the things. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I actually don't like doing half of these uh-huh. things. <laughs> and I've only more recently realized, oh, you can just do things that you like. Absolutely. And it's fine. I think nobody cares. No one's checking. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's checking. Like there's no teacher. And that's also very scary to people too. Yeah. You know, that moment where you realize you can have a, there's a, you know, you can have a very traditional freak out when you get to college and realize like all bets are off in a sense. Yeah. And then you can have a, I think a conventional freak out when school is over and then it really is like, so it's just me. Huh? I kind of had that. Yeah. Just when I was deciding college, stuff and whatnot. What am I doing? Where do I go? Yeah. Tell me what to do. Yeah. There's no more school. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For a rule follower, it really, it's, I'm it's glad bad. you didn't go to yeah. like work for the government, you know, just like oh, no. sign up for bureaucracy because there's so many yeah, rules. So like, many rules. I guess but I, I might need this. be very good at Yeah. <laughs> I probably would be very good at working in government. <laughs> 
you so have many too rules. much a sense of the absurd. Yeah. As a comedian, you would be like, I'm sorry, the rule follower in me thinks this is great. Yeah. Every other part, part of me, me is, is like, like no. I need to shit all over this immediately. Well, the, the thing with the rules is I would always follow the rules because I thought that they were, they made sense. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is, you know, it's like, oh, you should brush your teeth because right. otherwise your teeth will fall i'm like that makes sense so a I brush to b equals yeah, yeah so i'm like great. oh i would do the thing but then when you when you get older you realize there are a lot of rules that are dumb and you're like this is a dumb rule i'm not going to follow this rule because yeah. there's no point yeah so what what relationship do you have with authority and i'll use authority as like you know police or like do you have a do you have a sense do you have a contempt for do you have a sense of respect like do they play i'm um, first of all they may play a zero part in your life but in terms of like that idea of other people assigning what's right and what's wrong yeah on a daily so basis. i'm very i'm not against having rules and laws i actually kind of like that as a society you know some people are like there should be like anarchy yeah anarchy and i'm like i don't think that would we're not we ready for all, that no, yeah we i don't think we would ever be ready for that yeah. i don't think a lot of people just breaking all the rules yeah um for the worst yeah but if it's like if i got uh, a speeding ticket or something for something where i'm like there wasn't really a sign in the last 20 months like i would be yeah. kind of mad about that you yeah, know? yeah but i'm also like well i guess there should be like a rule about how fast you should go because otherwise you would hit people so i don't know and i get i but i do get very mad every time i get like a street sweeping ticket i think that's dumb <laughs> I don't yeah. think they should have those because I never see them yeah. street sweep my street. Yeah. And every first Tuesday I get a parking ticket because I forget. Yeah. Um, I don't miss that at yeah. all. And I'm like, but you actually didn't clean the street for three hours that I parked my car. Yeah. You know, like we could have. You could have, but you didn't. I know that because I saw you not do it. Yeah. Yeah. Quotas. Yeah. It's a great way for a place to make money. Those quotas. This, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's unfair. Like, yeah. if it's like fair, fine. If it's right. not fair, not into it. Yeah. It's almost like it, because it's a feeling of lack of control, too. Like, if someone said um, every year, you know, you're going to like, we would like you to pay a tax of, you know, you're going to give us $36 a year yeah. um, for street sweeping. I would be like, cool. As yeah, long as exactly. that means I'm not getting a ticket. Yeah, like, I'd yeah. rather just give you the money. If exactly. It feels it's inevitable. like, oh, you're going to clean the street. Okay, fine. That makes sense. I'll just give you that. Yeah. One. But if you're just giving me tickets, like, yeah. I don't like that. I don't care for it either. Have you ever had your uh, car towed here? Not towed. I've had a lot of windows getting broken. Ugh. Yeah, I had windows broken and I got towed once when it was like a, to- a full-on tow away, like okay. traffic yeah. zone. And that's very expensive. That was rough. Yeah. Yeah, it my roommate rough. in college got her car towed in San Francisco. It was like $400. <sighs> yeah, I'm sure it was. Plus and also ticket. just And having to like go down to the lot and just every, of course, yeah. bureaucracy, everything takes forever. Shockingly long. You can't figure out what is happening or what's taking it so long. The answer is nothing. Nothing, nothing yeah. is really happening. That's like one of my biggest pet peeves is like efficiency. If like people aren't efficient, it drives me nuts. Yeah understood just do it faster yeah like people who take too long to do a podcast episode oh no come on let's no. pick up the pace everybody i think no, we could it. we gotta slice this down we're gonna edit this we'll fix it in post um irene i want to get into this uh mash game with you oh yeah I um played it in so, so long. I, again this is not like i think you're gonna be fine even if your mash muscles are a little stiff i don't want you to worry about Ooh, it yeah you're i don't know good hands I'm gonna try and warm you're up good on hands you're gonna pull anything um, so for first category, I'm going to say, uh, give me three, um, activities that you are, uh, in this mash universe, just amazing at, um, uh, skateboarding, great. um, eating sushi <laughs> and, um, playing handball. Great. 
I've never played handball. It was fun when I played I it in it gym very class. Very intimidating. It was fun. Isn't oh. that like where you really are just in a thing and there, things are bouncing off walls? Or is that more? Um, or is no. a handball more? You're outside, like it is indoors, but I think it's it's like a team sport where you're like throwing oh, okay. the ball and stuff. Okay, I don't. Is it just racquetball when people are hitting? Yeah, yeah. That's like when squash, things are bouncing off all three walls. Racquetball when they're that's, just yeah. That, that feels like bullets to me. Oh like, yeah, that, those are bullets. Also, that game seems pointless because you're just like yeah. hitting a ball against a wall and it's just you in the room by yourself. Good point. Yeah, we're right. We're right We're to right. be contemptuous of yeah. Great, great, great. Uh, Q angry emails. Hope you emails. don't have any uh, squash fans. Q furious yes. emails. <laughs> uh, okay. Three, uh, let's do three vacation homes. But, so this is places where you would want to have a vacation home. Uh, but but let's do fictitious places. So not anywhere that reasonably you could. It could be places from fiction, you know, movies, uh, books, but it could also be like, you know, the moon or underwater. Oh, I here. see. Okay. Just, just something that probably isn't going to happen um, in real life. Well, my childhood favorite um, TV cartoon show was Rocket Power. So I want a vacation home on that beach where they have that show. Okay. Because that was like fun. Um, <laughs> vacation home in the Forbidden Forest. Okay. Um, which would be a horrible vacation home. <laughs> Probably pretty um, safe, though, from uh, yeah. intruders. And then just uh, an underground bunker. Great. In the middle of nowhere. Great. Underground bunker. Great. Okay. Next category, let's do three uh, classes that if you could go back to school, you sort of transport yourself back into um that time frame three classes that you wish you could have taken it could be real classes that exist or it could be classes you invent like i would have loved to take a class on sushi making or whatever Ooh, yeah um i would have loved to take any sort of cooking class Great. in high school um and then it's like home economics right where you learn how to like sew and make clothes yeah like i never that had that class. either yeah, yeah like that. great that seems useful um, and then a class to um, learn how to shoot a gun. Great. I don't know what that's called. I mean, there's a got to be a real name for that. Yeah, there probably is. A All I was gonna write was riflery. Yeah. I don't think. That's I don't right. think that's. I don't think that's I'm it. Marksmanship. No. no. There's archery, but that's a different um, tool. If I put munitions, that sounds super wrong. Guys, we're sorry that we're not able to remember, and everyone sorry, is like, I, I "It's called." <laughs> I don't own a gun and I don't yeah. want to own a gun, either. but just in case we got to that point where I would need to know how to shoot a gun, I want to be prepared. Understood. I don't disagree. Three, uh, three foods um, that you can eat in perpetuity with zero negative ramifications. It could be something rare. It could be something Oreos. It could be anything, but three. Ooh. Um, salmon roe. Great. Um, mm. Snails. It's like all seafood. Um, and chicken soup. But my mom's I've, chicken soup. You were soup. definitely the first person who has ever put snails on this list. I know. I When I was Very a kid, I would always... It's my favorite food. Like, it's like these stir-fried snails. I don't think I've... I mean, I've had snails in France, and I definitely was... Just D- they're different. Of, yeah. Yeah. The, the big ones, the escargot. Yeah. Those are gross. Which, I mean, there, I don't know why there's, it's just culturally, like, for some reason we've made peace with eating oysters, some of us, and then yeah. it, it's not that dissimilar, but somehow it just Oyster, do it. Uh, Snails do take a lot more work, though, because you have to have, like, a little needle thing and then pick yeah. it up and then eat it. Pass. Uh, 
that said, I hope you get the snails Um, (laughs) uh, because I'm your friend and I want this happiness for you. Uh, Three, this is a match game. Let's do three alternate universe. Uh, Could be like a partner first, you know, just like like your your like your long term thing. It could be like just a fling, um, and it can be any like anyone from fiction. I'm not going to begrudge you a cartoon if you would like to throw one in. But <laughs> this is your alternate universe like love affairs kind of three. Um, well, definitely Hermione Granger. Let's get Hermione I have in med- there straight away. Um, Katniss, great. Um, oh man. Uh, what is another movie that I like? Uh, what about um well can i pick tanya harding okay. yeah yeah because i just watched that movie and i loved it and i was like oh she's a real person but she's also not a real person in that movie maybe right who knows <laughs> who knows that was a really interesting yeah, movie i enjoyed movie. it uh, very much so the, well. the margot robbie version of I, yep. tanya harding yep yeah. yep my uh, robbie's version got it um Okay, next category is let's do three uh, types of transport that are non-conventional that you could use to get around really quickly around around in the world. Um, a hoverboard. Great. Do they have to be real? No. Oh, okay. A flying car. Great. Um, and that thing in Harry Potter where it, you just transport yourself. Great. Like the one where you go through the not not when you're going through the no fire, not but not, just not, like, not the fire pit one yeah. the one where you the, the it's a- basically apparate. like teleporting oh yeah, yeah operating great yeah. I'm really glad you pulled that out or we would have had more yeah. angry emails I know so many angry emails. Uh, <laughs> okay let's do three uh, from any place in time um, three kind of mentor type figures where you know you sort of have the bat phone to get to them you can call them at any time and be like what should I do here or just you know call them to talk or make them laugh try your jokes out on them like real people not real people either way um, Ellen great uh, my mom great and um, Abe Lincoln Let's get honest Abe in there. Yeah. He'll be honest. He'll be. <laughs> that's your only reason. Listen, I know his nickname. So I yeah. can, one thing I can be sure of is he's going to be he's honest. honest. <laughs> uh, and then final category for you. I put a lot of pressure on myself for the last category. It's not going to be impressive. So I don't know why I'm even thinking about trying hard. Um, let's do three. Uh, let's do three alternate universe, like full on careers, like. Um, and this is tough because I know uh, stand-up is it. Uh, a fashion model. Great. Low-key kind of wish I was one. Um, president. Great. And, uh, like, a like a professional serial killer like not, not in a bad way in a good way yeah like a like a hit like man? a renegade like yeah a, yeah sure whatever the word is where they hire you to kill people and you're like okay yeah and but they're all bad people yeah yeah that one bad people like kind of what they do in scandal i guess uh-huh. <laughs> sort of <laughs> or like dexter oh yeah sure dexter kill only killed serial killers yeah um 
Okay. Uh, this is just the thing where like I do a little squiggle real quick and I, you just tell me when to stop and then that's what I use like okay. eventually to do the eeny, meeny, So I just tell you whenever to stop? Yeah. So tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. Uh, I need to do some tallying. Okay. I'm going to pause this to the listener. It will seem as if no time has passed. Okay. I'm going to come back with your 100% guaranteed Great. MASH future. Great. Okay. Uh, first of all, always got to rip the Band-Aid off when someone gets the shack out of mansion, apartment, shack, or house. Aww. I'm really sorry. You got a shack, but hear me out. You're also in the Forbidden Forest. Oh, no. I don't know that you want to draw that much attention to yourself. Okay. I think a shack's for the best. Okay, yeah. What are you gonna do? Have some mansion? That's true. Some McMansion in the middle of the Forbidden <laughs> Forest. This could be like this could be like you're living inside a great tree. Do you know what I mean? That's like true. A sort of a okay. Like not in a not creepy part of the Forbidden. In a forest. not creepy part of the Forbidden okay. Forest. Uh, so to me, that just means like it sort of makes sense to be in a forest and live in okay something. I mean, what would it be an apartment? No, you're not gonna no. be an apartment. Okay. Um, I want you to know you can get you can zip in and out of your vacation home in your vacation shack in the Forbidden Forest uh, or anywhere else in the world for that matter with your flying car. Oh, good. Okay. Well done. This is very on track with the Harry Potter. It book definitely too. is. Yeah. It definitely is. Uh, I can reassure you that perhaps the money for the flying car, because I know they're not cheap, came from your illustrious career as a fashion model. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, you're also known to be a very good cook. And I don't know if that's because you took that cooking class. Sure. But, uh, congratulations on that. Uh, as good at eating as you are cooking, you have a very, very fine skill for eating sushi and, uh, salmon roe are at your disposal endlessly with zero ramifications to anyone. Um, I don't know if you want to have your, uh, your sort of mentor slash BFF Ellen hanging out with you on some of these sushi <laughs> adventures. Maybe you're making sushi for her. I don't know. Well, she's vegan, so that might be weird. Vegetarian sushi for her. Yeah. Uh, but I also can tell you that you are having as many of these adventures as you would like with the one and only Margot Robbie version of Tanya Harding. All right. Pretty good, huh? Not bad, not bad. I really raced through that, man. That that shaped itself into a narrative yeah. mighty quick. There was just like everything <laughs> just kind of flowed together. Yeah. Um, Irene, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, you have uh, several upcoming more shows, I think, I at, um, at Sketchfest. You're going to be on Baron Vaughn's show this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to be work on the Fred Armisen IFC Jolly Rancher show that we have that I believe is sold out. So why am I saying it other than that it's cool that you are doing a show with Fred, who is great. Yes. Uh, where can people find you online if you are? Um, yeah, you can find me on my website, irene2.com, that has the most updated list of shows. And I'm on Twitter, but like I don't really tweet, but it's the same handle as my Instagram, which I use most often. So mm-hmm. I re- would recommend that. It's Irene underscore two T-U is my last name. Great. And you can also find me on Facebook, but I'm really trying to use it less. So yeah. like, don't friend me, maybe? I don't, I <laughs> don't know. Fr- just just, just like Facebook my fan page. Instagram. That's all. Yeah, yeah just go. go to Instagram. There you go. I really like Instagram. It'll take so. care of business. Yeah. Um, excellent. Guys, I will talk to you uh, next time on the podcast. I wish you a happy sketch fest for those of you who are involved we're here uh and uh as always the jv club theme song is back before we were brittle by the amazing say hi now leaving nerdist.com